19-0. Rafa Nadal continues his unbeaten streak, beating Nick Kyrgios in three sets. He beat him in, let's just say, a very, very hard-fought fashion. He won 7-6, 5-7, It was a very tight match. Nick Kyrgios plays some unbelievable tennis at times. Nadal definitely not at his best, but managed to somehow find a way to win. Uh, definitely in the important points, he just steps up and and manages to manage them so well. Uh, and it is all about game management tennis a lot of the times. We saw, for example, last year Novak Djokovic win Grand Slams by genuinely not playing his best tennis, but he was able to turn it on when it matters in those important points, in those crucial points. And Nadal is in that caliber, of course, one of the goats. And he did exactly the same against Nick Kyrgios in this match. It was an incredible match to watch for me. It definitely lived up to the hype. It was a ninth encounter between the two. Nadal went into it with a 5-3 head-to-head advantage over Nick Kyrgios. That's not the biggest head-to-head, you know... (laughs) that these types of players, the big three, would have against other opponents. Nick Kyrgios has got a very favourable head-to-head against pretty much all of them, with Djokovic, of course, has got a 2-0 one. This was just a spectacle to watch. Nick Kyrgios was serving 140 miles per hour plus at times in the match, uh, was serving absolute rockets. And not just rockets, but he's such a clever server, and there's a reason why... You know, aside from Isra and Apelka, who a lot of people do say are the best servers on tour, Nick Kyrgios is up there as well by a lot of people. And the reason why is because he not only is able to serve 140 miles per hour plus, he is able to serve every type of variation of serve you can imagine and hit his spots. His second serve as well is above 100 miles per hour consistently. And... Again, he still hits his areas there. It's not in the middle of the box, that second serve. The first serve, as I said, he's got a flatter one. He's got the topspin serve. He's got the slice serve. He's got the underarm serve, right, which he actually uh, won a point with uh, when 40 love up. He did try the in-between-the-legs <laughs> underarm serve, and Nadal put that one away. Uh, but we saw that. And to be fair, look, it's not a bad tactic to use against Nadal. Uh, I'm all for the underarm, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. In fact, I thought it was quite funny. We saw a match the other day with Monfils and Medvedev. Uh, Monfils obviously uh, winning that one. And Monfils hit an underarm serve against Medvedev, who's the only one that does it. So I managed to win that point. Uh, did a couple of times, actually. Uh, but he, in this match, Kyrgios looked really pumped. Uh, he clearly is in a pretty good headspace, generally speaking, I think, Um probably in his life, it seems like. And and with his tennis, I think he's starting to get there. I think he has been so on and off. I really do hope he does play Roland Garros because I know he said that he's initially that he won't be playing it. But I think playing tennis consistently will bring the best out of him. And genuinely, I, I, I haven't seen him play so well for a little bit of time. I mean, he played really well at the Australian Open, I thought, at times as well. Against Medvedev, he wasn't bad, but I think the Kyrgios that turned up today against Nadal, if he played against Medvedev, I thought this was a better Kyrgios. If he played against Medvedev in that Australian Open, he would have potentially taken him to five at least. So, yeah, I mean, it was just 
fantastic to see he's returning as well, especially on the second serve. He doesn't let you off on the second serve. At one point, Nadal's second serve points one was around 25 to 30%, which is really, really low. It's like way below his career average. He managed to actually get that back uh, because he just started serving a lot better on the second serve and backed it up nicely as well. So in the end, actually, he finished on second serve points one at 53%, which is pretty solid. In terms of serve stats as well, first serve points one from Nadal, 77%, Kyrgios, 76%, and second serve points one, 56% for Kyrgios. Uh, first serves in, though, and this is something that Kyrgios was saying throughout the match at times was, come on, let's find that first serve. So 55%, which isn't terrible, but it's also not great either. Uh, it's kind of, you know at least the type of percentage you should be hitting at 55%. I think most players are looking for 60+. plus. Nadal hit 65% of first serves in. Aces a double fault, 10 to 7 for Nadal, 12 to 5 for Kyrgios. Uh, you have to also remember, though, with Kyrgios, he would have hit a lot of serves, which were unreturned, where Nadal would have got racket on it. Similarly, though, to be fair, Nadal also served uh, pretty well as well. When he was making those first serves in, um, I thought especially the flatter serve out wide, uh, from the juice side to Kyrgios's forehand. At times, I'm not sure why Kyrgios was doing this, but at times he was trying to guess uh, that he was going to go down the tee and he overcommitted and uh, had to almost like pour at it with his racket uh, and then it just didn't make the return, either went to the net or didn't get enough of it. So it kind of just like trickled, uh, trickled on his side of the court. So yeah, very, very bizarre in that sense. That's something that I think he could definitely work on. I'm not sure why. Like, Nadal doesn't have such... It's not, of course, it's a very, very, very serviceable uh, first serve. It's very accurate as well. It's not a bad weapon whatsoever, but it's not as good as his serve. And he's not at that bad a returner that he should be guessing, literally guessing. Against Medvedev, I could understand it, Australian Open, where Medvedev was serving aces left, right and centre, but... Um, in this match, there was no need for it, I thought, at times. And I think he could have maybe dealt with that slightly better. But what really impressed me, actually, about Nick Kyrgios in this match was his shot tolerance for large parts of this match. Now, normally, you don't associate him with being able to win the longer rallies. At one point in the match, he was actually winning the lion's share of the nine-shot-plus nine rallies. That is such a surprising stat you'd imagine. I mean, Nadal is one of the best baseliners ever, ever, genuinely. Um, Kyrgios, though, was able to stick with him from the back of the court, dictate with the forehand, 100-plus mile-per-hour forehands at times. Uh, he was just hitting his spots with both sides, forehand and backhand, which was really good to see. And he was able to actually hit him off the court for, for large periods of this match, especially in that first set. Um, at the start, I mean, he got the early break. He was 4-2 up. He surrendered that, which was a bit disappointing. Kind of a couple of, you know, mental... Oh, it's not a mental breakdown. It wasn't as, you know, serious as that. But smashes racket, and you can tell he's upset. And definitely I think affected his psyche and then got broken back and then the tiebreaker he complete he completely imploded lost it seven love uh, just started to go for wild wild shots and it was really disappointing to see because most of that first set he was playing some phenomenal tennis 
Uh, genuinely, Nadal didn't have any questions. Yes, Nadal wasn't playing his best tennis, but I think we have to caveat that with the, the point that Kyrgios was playing some phenomenal tennis, which would have also contributed to Nadal not being able to play his best as well, I think. Uh, let's be fair here. Um, one thing I didn't like in terms of actually the commentary was Mark Petchy is the most biased commentator. Like, normally he's pretty good, but when it comes, I, I think he's just got an issue with Nick Kyrgios, right? So he just kept on going on about, uh, you know, him misbehaving and, oh, hip -hop, he's a hypocrite and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, this is, you're supposed to be relatively neutral. Like, you're a commentator and pundit. You shouldn't be saying, you shouldn't be so pro one player. Uh, but Nadal would do something and he'd say, oh, that's genius, that's genius. Then if Kyrgios would do something amazing, he'd just, it's like silence. Just wouldn't say anything. I was like, what? Like he'd hit a huge into-out forehand winner, right? Or hit a forehand on the on the run down the line. And you're thinking, that is incredible. And he's just like, he's just saying, oh, Nick Kyrgios can still win this. Yeah, I, I know that, Mark. But do you want to explain to me why that was so good? Or, or like, or like kind of tell me because... Like I'm a massive Nadal fan. Everyone on this channel will know that, that I'm a huge Nadal fan. But it was actually uncomfortable to listen to. I was just thinking, what? Like, dude, this is unbelievable. Like, what what are you doing? It's just crazy. Um, it's just so, so biased towards Nadal. I'm just thinking, you can't be like that. Like, you're not supposed to be doing that. That's not your job. And you can't just be fanboying in the commentary box like you need to be have some some level of you know unbiasedness which i just didn't think he did at all which was really really poor to listen to and hear because normally he's very good uh but but aside from that so the first set kind of went on i uh, said and then the tiebreaker happened he imploded really but then he gathered himself again for the second set which i thought was really impressive uh he did to be fair have a couple of violation so he lost the first set trying to well not trying to do anything really he basically someone in the crowd was shouting out towards him he told him to shut the f up basically got a code violation and a point penalty deduction after obviously getting warned for breaking his racket a couple of times and yeah went into the second set when he broke that racket by the way he, he gave it to someone a kid in the crowd and this guy came down almost just standing up and trying to take off the kid i was like are you out of your mind people are just yeah, selfish. Anyway, so the kid ended up getting it in the end anyway, so it's fine, but really bizarre. Second set, he gathered himself again, as I said. Uh, yes, he had the code violations as well, so I think he had to behave, and that probably helped him. He was shouting to his box throughout the whole match, by the way, and someone, one of the commentators did mention that, you know, would it potentially be beneficial for him not to have them there? Uh, but then the other commentator rightfully said that, well, he'd probably just pick people out of the crowd then and talk to them, right? And that wouldn't be good because he's probably end up abusing them. So, yeah, it's probably best that he has them in there. I think he is also part, and his team is part of that Netflix documentary coming out about tennis, um, which is similar to, I think, some, they've done something similar with Formula One because his girlfriend had a mic on. And, yeah, I, I think maybe that's why he's raised his game, hey? <laughs> maybe that's why he's taking this ball seriously because he's like, I'm going to be on the Netflix documentary. I want to be able to you know, show my best tennis. And he played really well throughout this tournament, I thought. <clears throat> Some of the best tennis I think I've ever seen him play. Um, just disappointing they didn't manage to go over the line because after that second set, 
after winning that second set, he was definitely playing a better tennis. Um, I don't think he played badly in the third set at all. I think Nadal just found a way. Uh, but that second set was really good from Kyrgios. I thought he broke as well at 5-4. Or 5-all, sorry. Had to take it to 6-5, then won that one, 7-5. And in that second set, he started to uh, employ the drop shot at times as well, which was really impressive. A couple of really good drop shots back-to-back on one of his uh, service games, which I thought were really well disguised and then executed as well. Uh, something that I think he utilised well, of course, was the certain volley as well at times. And uh, it wasn't always the right tactic because in the first set, he did it a lot in the start and it worked really well. Nadal wasn't expecting it. I think after that, Nadal was expecting it. And some of the passing shots and returns coming back were just so sharp. Kyrgios had absolutely no chance. Uh, so it, it kind of had varying success. I think, throughout the match. But it's not a bad tactic to use with someone with his type of serve. I think he needs to try and shorten the points um, where he can. So that was a good tactic, I thought, to use. Of course, you need to be selective about when you use it. Nadal is also one of the best returners ever. So it's you know you have to also say, okay, fair enough, sometimes when he comes into the net, if he's in the right position, but Nadal just hit a fantastic shot, there's nothing really he can do about it. So I think for me that was okay that wasn't something that I was thinking why is he doing that because I could see why he was doing that and he does have pretty good touch and feet at the net he does have such a good all-round game curious I mean I can say it so many times and I'm a Nadal fan so I'm not going to go on about Nadal so much because I think even though Nadal won I, I want to concentrate more on how if Kyrgios plays this type of level he is no doubt a top 10 level player Talk about grand slams, etc. I don't know, but if he plays consistently like this, he does have a chance at those types of slams. He really does. Uh, and at a Masters tournament, for example. But the serve is phenomenal. We know that. It's one of the best serves on tour. In some people's eyes, it's the best serve on tour. Returning is not bad either. He steps in nicely. Um, I think he just needs to adjust the way that he returns at times trying to gamble. I think that's not the right, right move at all. Uh, he likes to come forward as well, doesn't mind coming to the net. He's very good at the net, I think, personally. Nadal, for me, actually, is the best finisher at the net. Uh, and he showed that at times against Kiros in this match. Uh, flipped the script at times, came to serve volley. Uh, also came to the net as well nicely. Nadal, and there are a couple of points in and around the net. And Nadal, for the most part, won those points. And it just shows and is a testament to how good his net game is. And people don't always attribute him to having a fantastic net game. He really does. He really does. And especially when he's not playing his best tennis, he does also lean upon that at times. And it does come really good. Um, it does. And it, it's something that's so reliable. I think his net game is not many matches. I remember watching him play where his net game was letting him down. It is one of those kind of old reliables. Um and then for Kiros as well, I think the innovative the innovation, sorry, as well. Uh, that he's able to possess power and also subtlety, that combination. He just seems to have a little bit of everything, Kyrgios. And I think that's what's really impressive. He's clearly got a good tennis IQ as well, um, from what I can see. <clears throat> Hopefully he continues to play. Um, I think he'll be at Miami. So I'm hoping he goes deep there as well. And I'm hoping he goes into the clay court swing. We'll see whether he does or not. Um, I would hope that he does, but... We'll see for Nadal, though, 19-0. and nil. Was his foot looking a bit iffy with the way that he was pushing off while serving? I'm not sure. He did look a little bit 
I don't know, it kind of looked in a little bit brittle, didn't he? Kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe. Like when you, when I was watching him, and I know a couple of people mentioned his foot, obviously he's got that uh, long-term kind of condition with his foot. And a lot of people said, it, you know, it could be career-ending, actually, when he first came on the tour. And there's been a lot of question marks around it because he missed a portion of um, of last year with, with that injury, right? So he was out for a long time because of it. Um, I'm not sure whether it was an issue or not. Uh, yes, he didn't seem to be pushing off greatly on it, which is why, of course, we saw those double faults as well. But to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have noticed it. And it could just be because I'm not looking very well if someone else hadn't mentioned it. So I'm hoping it's not an issue. Um, I think obviously he's not playing Miami, so he'll have time to rest before the clay court swing. Let's see how far he can go at Indian Wells. I did actually pick him as my favorite, uh, as my pick to win. He'll be facing Carlos Alcaraz, his fellow Spaniard and also Nadal Academy teammate. They train together all the time. It's going to be an absolutely blockbuster match. Um, I'll talk about that in a separate video to the semi-final previews. But yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable match. And uh, yeah, Alcaraz absolutely destroyed Cam Norrie, to be honest with you. And Cam Norrie is the reigning champ and also playing some damn good tennis. But Alcaraz is just a special, special talent. Uh, thanks very much, guys, for tuning in. Let me know what you thought of the Kyrgios Nadal or Nadal Kyrgios match as well. Were you entertained? I definitely was. And um, yeah, Kyrgios after as well, really respectfully saying, you know, too good from Nadal. Nadal said he likes Kyrgios after. There was a funny moment where Kyrgios said that he was, uh, Nadal was lucky, kind of saying out loud in the first set. Uh, but after that, I think he was just annoyed by himself uh, really more than anything. And uh, Nadal, I think Nadal kind of feels a bit uncomfortable at times playing Kyrgios, but also I think secretly enjoys it a little bit as well. Anyways, guys, thanks very much for watching. Please remember to smash the like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Also, do check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you are interested in supporting the channel even further, do check us out on Patreon. A link is in the description to the video and also our Discord as well to get involved in live chats. Uh, on top of that, if you're watching or listening on a podcast platform, do follow us and subscribe. If you don't mind, read us, help us out. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well and have a fantastic week.